All right, we're here with another Savage Gentleman podcast, and we have an incredibly special guest. This is Bert Kuntz. And Bert, you're kind of uh, one I, of I'm our a, I'm OG neither, guys. Ne I'm neither a savage nor a gentleman. Oh, so I don't, no, I, stop. The reason I'm here is to become more of a savage and more of a gentleman. Okay, so. don't let this guy fool you. Uh, he is both savage and gentleman. Bert is one of the original guests we had early on when we first started this podcast. He is also one of the owners of Bison Union. He has a very colorful background in the U.S. military. He was in the Army. He was um, Special Forces. He's kind of a badass, so don't let them, don't let this guy fool you. He's going to downplay uh, it. I actually cheated on the guy next to me in the Special Forces uh, Did 18 Delta, the medic course. Yes. Really? Yeah. Hey, whatever, man. Look, so, if you're not cheating, you're not I was, trying. I was an average Green Beret at my best on my best day. So, Hey, I man, I <laughs> I, 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 I love no I no I love the humility right and and you know you've done a lot of cool stuff. People may have seen you from some of your other endeavors, whether it's through Bison Union or you're actually a kind of a kind of become a mainstay on Drinking Bros. You've had quite a few appearances there. Yeah, I haven't been on Drinking Bros for a while. Actually, by the way, since we're talking about Drinking Bros and yeah. Black Rifle, I've Shall actually we? got. Uh, I'm gonna get smarter. My IQ just went up seventy points today from wow. from one ten to about one eighty. With uh, Evan Hafer's coffee mug that I hijacked here at Black how did you Rifle come Ready across Man. that? It was actually in the dishwasher. So, huh? And I'm guessing it's probably been in the dishwasher <laughs> since the last time Evan was. I don't was think here, anyone else so. has the balls to touch it. So no. hats off to you, sir. Evan, take cheers, that. Evan. Cheers to you, Evan. Evan yeah, Hafer, wherever you are, down in Texas or traveling around the world. He's probably on the road. The king of coffee. He's yeah. literally becoming the Pablo Escobar of coffee without all the crime and the, the right. Like He's like a benevolent Pablo Escobar. Mm -hmm. He is. He sent me a photo, uh, or I took a photo of, of him at his house here in Salt Lake before he moved to Texas. And I come out in his backyard, and they were moving that day, and he literally came walking up with a chicken under his arm. Mm -hmm. But it was the most it, I, I don't, stoic, <laughs> prestigious, like it just, he looked, like it looked like a young Pablo Escobar walking out of the, the, the cocaine fields, but yeah. then he's a coffee guy. Right. And he had this chicken under his arm. I guess that's not a good analogy, Pablo Escobar, but he just looked like Juan Valdez. There you go. Yeah. He's like he's like the, the American Juan, yeah, Juan he Valdez. Is. Juan Valdez with a chicken under his arm. It was yeah. – uh, anyway. Oh, that's great. So that's great. My IQ has gone up today using uh, Evans. Evans. Well, and you have pretty close ties with, with Black Rifle as well. You work quite a bit hand-in-hand -hand with those guys. I do. Um, uh, with, with, with Bison Union, you guys have some, some, a little bit of crossover with that as well, to some degree, correct? We do. Um, and I still actually work part-time for Black Rifle and Candace, my wife, who you know well, works for Black Rifle full-time, but mm -hmm. she also works for Bison Union. And then, um, Evan and Matt and JT and I stood up, uh, with our partners at Bison Union, Buster Frierson, who's been yep. on, on your pod, I think one of the earlier podcasts yep. as well with you and Jeff, uh, stood up. Bison Union Coffee Company re recently, which is oh, part owned by yeah. Black Rifle and part owned by Bison Union. So with the goal of going after, you know, the, the typical Bison Union customer, mm -hmm. which might not be a Black Rifle customer, same values, same love of America, same love of uh, freedom of speech and, and pro Second Amendment, but just a different group, more ranch and sure. more ranch farm and agricultural. Mm -hmm. than, uh, than your average black, black rifle customer. Right. I'm not saying the black rifle doesn't have ranch and farm customers. Well, they're not mutually exclusive, do. right? But but there's something to you know branding where you can start to spread out and, and tap into different markets. And, yes. and that's one of the things that, that just, you know, from a 100,000-foot view that I've seen you 
be able to do really, really well is just kind of have your finger on the pulse of that branding, creating creating a, this really cool niche you know, product and, and that appeals to this market. And I think that that, you know, because again, you're talking about bleeding over, right? I think that there is some crossover with the Savage Gentleman crowd. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And, 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 and I think that's great because we've got all these different companies kind of working in unison, right? And you're tackling your end of the spectrum. We're hitting our folks, you know, you've got the BRCC guys really hitting it hard, kind of, you know, kind of just going for all of America, right? And then we're kind of specializing out from that. But yeah, and, it, and the the beauty of it is, is whether it's Black Rifle or Ready Man or Savage Gentleman or Bison Union or that you know, there's 30 other companies that are actually kind of connected to this family of of companies. The beauty of it, and I think the reason why it's working, is because all of us make stuff and produce stuff, whether it's content or products or consumables like coffee that we actually use. Yeah. I think that's important because a lot of companies will will make a left turn at some point and just start making stuff that will sell mm-hmm. versus making stuff they actually use. And I mean you you guys are the same way and you're into the hall. Black rifles the same way and they're into the hall. They you know, Evan, Matt and J T won't put anything out to market that they would wouldn't actually wear or yep. use. We're the same way, Buster and, and PJ and Candace and I and then you guys down on this end of the hall. I think that's important. If yeah. You, well if you I... make stuff that you'll actually use and you have good customer service and you, you make decent to good products that people enjoy. And if you make your business about your customers, you, you can't go wrong. Yeah. Like I, well, really and I think can. the customers can, can, can very quickly recognize authenticity. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if you, if you have this company and, and you're authentic to what, that, what it stands for and, and typically it helps if it's a reflection of who you are. That's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's very difficult, not impossible. There's plenty of CEOs and, and people that have companies that the product and the, you know, what they're delivering is very different than their values. No, but that's it, hard to do, man. It really is. And you know, one of the examples, and I'm not beating either of these companies up, but I had this conversation yesterday, you know, VF corporation, which is vanity fair. Mm-hmm owns Wrangler and mm. Vanity Fair magazine is about as far left, <laughs> right? Like off the deep Opp- end, opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah. And then you have Vanity Fair. The company is a little bit let that way. And then you have a company like Wrangler who's deep seated and rooted in, in kind of far right America, mm-hmm. you know, Wrangler jeans, but, and they're getting hipper. And I think they're, they're moving more toward the center Wrangler is, but it's one of those examples of Companies that align that are working together but don't necessarily align together. Well, uh, and I, it, to me, that just doesn't. I love anybody in America that works and pays taxes. I try to stay out of politics because mm-hmm. it, the conversation I end up, you know, I end up just saying f you and walk like I just. <laughs> it's hard not it's, to it's, sometimes. Nowadays, it's man getting in a conversation. It's it's just too emotional. I, I look at things more. I'd say if I if I had to quantify who I am, I'd say I'm probably more of a uh, libertarian. Sure. You know, I just mm-hmm. want to. I just want to be left the hell alone. You know, not, I know it's not his real personality in real life. He's he's more of a you know leans more to the left. But you know the Ron Swanson character on Parks yeah. and Rec, like, mm-hmm. and, I, and I know that's you know it's not a joke. Like, some of the stuff on that show is very relevant to me. Like, I yeah. just want to work and don't want my tax money that I have to pay that I have to pay right. to be abused. And mm-hmm. you know, this country literally started by a bunch of guys drinking beer in a bar saying, hey, I don't want to pay. Yeah, like this is, I don't this want, sucks. Yeah, I don't want to pay. I'm working my ass off over mm-hmm. here and my taxes are going back to yeah. to, to to somebody that lives in a, in a big, huge palace and, you know, 
he has tea and crumpets six yeah. times a day. Like, not, and it has not, no, not and it has no real connection to who we are and what we're doing here, right? No, that's and and, and that's a huge issue. And and I think we're getting to the point. I think that's a big rub right now, where a lot of our politicians are so far removed from the people they're supposed to. Oh represent. God, I watch. I, I got sucked in because I was on a job and was in a hotel room for 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 hours on end during the day a couple weeks ago, and uh, with another job that I have, uh, it's part time. But I'm sitting you're there watching. Dude, man. I'm, you're, you're just hustling. I'm. <laughs> I just got to stay busy. If downtime, de, the what is it? The I, devil's whatever idle idle hands. Our hands are the devil's, playground. The devil's yeah. playground for me. I got to stay busy. But I watched pretty much the whole Kavanaugh, Judge Kavanaugh uh-huh. hearing, and it, you know it was hard to watch a bunch of people that sit on a panel. I don't think one of those people was in touch with the average everyday American no, I, that I, gets up and puts their boots on mm-hmm. and goes to work. I really don't. Not a ding on them. They're a product of the environment they've been in for 30 or 40 years. Sure. Some of those people, man, they should have retired 25 years ago. Yeah. They're out of touch with reality. Their whole life is based on going to high high caliber lunches mm-hmm. and dinners and, and jet setting and you know living – up here at the top in Washington, D.C. for 40 years. You, yeah, this you, very bourgeois you, yeah, you lifestyle, right? You absolutely can't be in touch with with a, a corn farmer in, in Iowa that works 100 hours a week to, right. to put barely put food on his table for his family. You just – there's such a disconnect mm-hmm. there, uh, an entitlement. And just watching that and the attitudes and the speeches, I was just like, man – God, George Washington, Theodore Roosevelt. I could name 50 other leaders that this country's <clears throat> had that would literally watch that and probably would have walked in there and kicked the shit out of everybody. Oh, in that hands down. And said, okay, you, time's up. You guys need to exit maybe, stage left. Like it's maybe that's, maybe that's hard what to watch. we need to do. Maybe we need to have like, like some kind of a, a, a fighting tournament or just like a, like, a, like a test of champions or something, <laughs> right? So great. You know, like, like you have to put them through this, this, um, selection process if you will you see what i did well there? and yes and i don't know who i was talking to it was a group here because i went out to dinner with some people here that were here for black rifle stuff and i don't remember who it was but they said they went to a small high school i'm trying to think of who it was but at the end of their at the end of their senior year they actually put up a boxing ring no kidding. in the gym and people that had grievances seniors that had grievances girls could fight girls Guys could fight guys. Mm-hmm. Obviously, guys couldn't fight girls or vice versa. Sure. But they literally let people get in and duke it out for wow. for three three minute rounds. <laughs> this the, all these seniors yeah. in high school that had grievances. Mm-hmm. Like it, it could go back to grade school. Like you sure, picked on whatever me in grade it was. school. Uh-huh. I want to fight you, Josh Tyler, because you you uh, you stole my juice box and and my. Uh, fruity snacks in seventh grade, <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever it is. And now well, that's, yeah. Fruity snacks is probably a little, seventh grade is probably not right for fruity snacks. Yeah. But, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. if you have a grievance with somebody, I, and man, I, America needs more of We've lost, of to, I mean, the, to even fathom that in this day and age, I mean, you talk about an absolute legal nightmare. Yeah. You oh couldn't, there's, there's no way, no way you could do that. I mean, I, I've, I've heard of, and that was a nice thing about, about wrestling, right. Is, you know, you could, you could sort that out, you know what I mean? At least amongst your teammates. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Or even on the football field, right. You could, yeah. you could, if you had some beef with, with your buddy or whatever, you could, you could sort that out really easily. I've heard of coaches actually bringing kids outside, giving them gloves. This was back in the day. Not yeah, now. And saying, Hey, duke it out. And say, Hey, look, you know, you, instead of you guys, 
you know, mauling each other on the playground. Let's have a little bit more controlled environment. Yeah. But man, sometimes you got to get out that energy. Sometimes, I mean, we just saw, we just saw a dude fight professionally and he still had some beef with someone and had to take it outside of the cage. Like after, you know, 15, 20 minutes of, you know, fighting, giving this dude an ass whooping and more than he could even take. Now that's not enough. You gotta you gotta give him a little bit more after the ref says stop, and then jump out of the cage and let his buddy hold some. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's a real thing. I think there's something to our nature that it's like, hey man, we we are combative in some sense, but we're also reasonable. And it's like, look, I'm not gonna kill you, but I need to prove a point. Well, it's and like, that's you're it. Gonna talk so much, and, and you know I what s- I mean. I say it all the time. I, I was born 150 years too late. But, you know, I watch certain things and I'm like, we're not that far away from 1850. Like there's nope. some people out there that have forgotten that. And whether it's road rage or, you know, running your mouth <clears throat> at a, a store. Again, I see it all the time and I, I, I avoid it like the plague now and just kind of watch. But the amount of times in an average month that I see people get into it that are strangers. And it's like you have no clue who anybody on this planet is, yeah. like, you know, you, I, I, I refuse from my background because I work with guys in, in the army that, you know, were in counter terror units that had a beer, beer belly mm-hmm. and no tattoos and they didn't have beards. And you would not, if you were at a grocery store buying bananas in the produce <laughs> section and saw them and said hi and started talking to mm-hmm. them, the last thing on, in the world you would have thought they were was a special forces guy. Yeah. Yet these are guys that, could fight for 30 minutes nonstop, full out, mm-hmm. and were freaking brawlers. Just absolute and savages. Ab- absolute savage. And Jeff Kirkham's the perfect example. Yeah. Like Jeff, you know, people. Uh, Jeff looks pretty scary. He you does. Would, you wouldn't mess not, with Jeff. Not when he's driving on the highway in his, his in minivan. His, in his freaking minivan. We, we talked about that with Buster, <laughs> I think, was on the show. But Jeff's the perfect example of, you know, Jeff, is, if Jeff's just having a bad day and, and accidentally cuts somebody off in traffic mm-hmm. unintentionally. Sure. You know, and he said he's had stories like that where people have flipped him off and yelled at him because here's this guy, and Jeff just smiles at people. You know, Jeff is Jeff, and he's this guy driving around in a red minivan in Salt Lake City, and you're just like, <laughs> I can't imagine somebody looking at him in, in a big truck and flipping him off like, oh, you gosh. dipshit driving a minivan, but it do- doesn't have a clue who's behind. Yeah, the wheel and, of that, and car. that would be that would be that person's worst and maybe last mistake. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I actually. I've actually gotten out of the car, which probably isn't advisable because, again, on my end, you never know. I don't know who that dude is behind me. No, you don't. You know, but, man, it was one of those days where I just wasn't having it. And this dude was being an absolute jackass behind me and laying on the horn, just going frantic, flicking his lights or whatever. So at at, at the next stoplight, it's like, dude, I park it, I hop out, and I just – go marching right towards this dude's car. Well, and that's it. Like, guys messing with you with your background. It's like, man, and and you're not a big guy. I mean, you're a big guy, but you're not. Yeah, six, no, I'm not, I'm six, not incredibly not opposed, imposing. Five. Right. I wouldn't mess with you just based on the way you look. But, you know, th- there's another level of that with you, Josh. It's like, man, somebody like that messing with you. And you don't know who that person is. But chances are if somebody's running their mouth like that, they're probably, they're probably somebody who's not. never, he's never right. been punched in the mouth. And I say it all the time. Joe Lewis said it. Mike Tyson took the quote and reworded a little mm-hmm. bit, but everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Sure. Like it's, it's, you know, everybody thinks they're tough nowadays mm-hmm. until they get punched in the mouth. Well, there's and, something about being in a vehicle. Somehow that thin sheet, that thin piece or on of the sheet internet. metal, you know, or the, the internet, internet, my gosh. One. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I see it all the time and it's like, you know, people run their mouth on the internet and they're running their mouth to buddies of mine. And I'm just like, 
God, you really have no clue who you're mm-hmm. talking to on the internet. Yeah. And it's like, you know, your mom's calling the pizza pockets are done. You probably ought to, you know, you, <laughs> hey, ben, let's, whatever let's stand it is, down, like sir. stand down because you're, you're talking to a guy that has, you know, two silver stars, not me. Sure. But, but whomever, right. I've watched it. I've watched somebody talk to a guy with a couple silver stars and, you know, 30 deployments overseas. Gosh. And, you know, people are trolling this guy mm-hmm. and talking shit to him. Like I would love to see you in person. It's like. Oh uh, man, I don't yeah. think you want to, you well, don't want to see that guy in no. person. And, and, you, and you never know. And that's the thing, you know, where, so I, so I come in hard on this guy's vehicle and I see him frantically like hitting buttons and rolling his window up, <laughs> putting it in reverse. right? And, and, you know, he ends up opening just this tiny sliver. Yeah. And at that point, you know, I kind of settled down and I was like, Hey man, is everything okay? Like, you know, you were freaking out and, and like laying on your horn. I, I thought there was some kind of emergency, you know, is, <laughs> kill you know, him. just kill him with kindness. Right. Well, and, and I realized, okay, this guy's in a threat. I probably overreacted. And the, and the, the reality is I don't know what's on the other side of that glass. That, no, that could guy be could pointing be a tube the, out there. Yeah, literally you know what I mean? Holding the gun between. Um, and... So, so I cooler heads kind of prevailed. And then yeah. he was like, uh, no, I, I, he's, I just want to let you know that your, uh, your, your rear brake light was out. Um, and like, oh yeah, really? That's why you were laying on the horn and, and, and throwing your arms up and giving me the finger. I love it. Sure, but you but but you never know, up. right? But we have this we have this side of us, right? That I don't think that that people are in tune with anymore. And it's like the possibility of ever getting into a physical altercation is so far removed now from our everyday life. Yeah, that people will say something with relative impunity because they're like, well, nothing's going to happen. It's like, hey, guess what? There are people in the world that will punch you square in the mouth. Something will happen. Yeah. You know, there are dudes that we saw. It's like, hey, you start bagging on my country, my religion, my family. Yeah, my friends. My friends. Hey, I'm going to jump out of the cage and I'm going to, and you're going to get some too. Yeah. After I just got finished with your buddy. And if you guys don't know what we're talking about, obviously, it's the UFC fight that recently happened with McGregor and Khabib. Well, and I I watched the fight and I didn't know what had happened. I didn't know the context behind it. I know there was beef between the guys, but then when it came out that, you know, one guy had been talking about the other guy's religion. And that's another one that I I try and avoid, like the plague these days is because it's, man... I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a Pandora's box to be sure. It's, yeah. It's a Pandora's box. There's been, you know, there's a thousand different religions that, you know, some of them are only a couple hundred years old. Like you can make your own religion up tomorrow. It's hard to tell what's real and what's not, but that would be a whole nother probably eight episodes talking about sure. religion, especially mm-hmm. in this day and age. But you know, the guy was talking about his religion, mm-hmm. talking about his family, his country, his country and his friends like that right there. <sighs> that's, that's the red button. Like, yeah. you know, that that's pushing the button three or four times. And- you know, the, the, the response on the internet, you know, quickly flipped and it's like, I can't believe this guy would do such a thing. What an idiot thing to do. You know, that's, that's no class. And was it a mistake? Was it, was it, you know, poor discretion on his part? Absolutely. But at a certain point, you also have to draw a line in the sand and you have to let people know that, Hey, this is unacceptable. And he even went on record as an apology. He's like, Hey man, I'm only human, right? I probably shouldn't do that. He's like, when I get home, my dad's going to whip my ass. Like he yeah. said that in the press conference, but he's like, this dude said this, 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 and this, I can't let that go unchecked. And for me, I actually kind of respect that. Now it's going to cost him probably a few millions. So it's like, was it really worth it? Yeah. I don't know. You know the, but the other side of it for me looks at like, you know, I'm a conspiracy theorist guy. Like I, I'm skeptical, like to me, and I've been watching boxing, you know, since I, you know, since I was a kid, um, but you watch that and, and go, man, is this, 
the fight was real because these oh, guys yeah. were no, literally 100%. cleaning each other's clocks. Yeah. But is this stuff before and after in the bus episode that nobody <sighs> actually got hurt on except for a couple scratches from some glass? Like, <sighs> is is this is this are we watching a marketing machine? Because because you know as well as I do, Josh, the next fight's gonna generate oh, two hundred. They're saying yeah. they'll generate somewhere around two hundred and fifty million dollars for for the UFC pay per view and the fighters. Like that's. That's not chump change. No, you know, no. I mean, there's serious money on the line. And any time you're talking about figures that big, yeah. you always kind of have to question like, all right, man, what's going on behind the scenes? And Well, and it's that Tom Brady, you know, and it's not just Tom Brady. It's been going on for, for eons of sports, you know. You know, people hate Tom. Certain people hate Tom Brady or they hate, you know, they hate a, a specific athlete. But what do they do? They still tune in to watch him. Oh yeah, and they talk about him all day long, and it's like all of that. Whether it's that whole, that old age old age old adage of "there's no such thing as bad publicity," right? You know. Well, I mean that that look that's part of how Connor got to where he was. Yeah. Right? I mean, people either loved him or hated him. He yeah. created and, a persona, and the ones that hated him probably talk about him more than the ones that love him. Yep. The ones that love him show up for a fight and say, "I love this guy," or post on social mm-hmm. media. But the ones that hate him. Talk about him nonstop. nonstop. Yeah, and, and, it's and just that's not a bad more, more traffic. Oh yeah, because... he's just raking it in, and and you know that's the as a fighter and and from a marketing standpoint, I get that, right? Yeah. But again, there comes a point where it's like, all right, man, that might have been too far. Yeah, it's and kind now of you're now you made your bed because somebody have... like me who's not a UFC fighter, I've never done MMA at all. I've watched you and Matt do it. I've watched guys that I worked with in the army do it. But I've never ever engaged other than just the standard army stuff and special forces. They do mm-hmm. pretty good with combatives, but it was more it was more defensive and and you know for a scenario of being caught in a room by yourself with right. body armor on mm-hmm. and and a weapon and stuff, and your weapons go down or somebody gets too close to you. But you know, I'm not. I I actually really enjoy watching MMA and watching the UFC because it's so fast. Mm-hmm. And again, you, you watch that as a layperson, and then you actually go out and try and roll or you know, do some kind of martial arts for three straight minutes at a time <laughs> or just boxing, yeah. you know, like just go hit the bag for two minutes nonstop, non-stop right. just, just get into a nice rhythm of, of hitting that bag. If you haven't done that in six months or more, it will smoke your ass. I don't care how good a shape you're in. I yep. used to have these guys when we were in Okinawa that there was the guys <laughs> that were addicted to, you know, like every day, mm-hmm. twice a day, they were doing combatives or boxing or, or wrestling or jiu-jitsu, whatever it is, and you know, if you fall off that horse and don't do that kind of training and then go do it, there's been more than a few times where I was humbled in a corner, lightheaded, mm-hmm. or laying on the ground staring at the ceiling going, holy shit, I'm about to puke from a, a workout that was three minutes, yeah. you know, and it's, so it's tough, but I, where I was going with that is I really like watching the UFC, I always have, I just, now, after watching that, it put the seed in my head of, God, is this turning into what the NFL has and what professional wrestling. I don't think it has. No, I mean, but knocking but it, somebody out or punching somebody in the face is punching somebody in the face. But the, before the ring stuff, the entrances <clears throat> and the, after the, after the match stuff, it's like, yeah. after the fight, it's getting a little bit goofy before the fight. But then you have another guy that comes on. I don't even know his name, but I've watched him 8,000 times. I've watched the video of the best post fight interview I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, Hot balls. I call yeah. them hot balls. Oh, good I'm old like, hot balls. I call them uh, hot balls. Uh, but, Derek Lewis, I believe. And I've said it my whole life. Like I respect guys that get up there and win a fight or a football game or a baseball game, but it's the same or NASCAR. 
bass fish. It doesn't matter what it is, but that same canned. Well, um, I had a good day, and yeah. you know, I just I got so the I ball and I went that and way, I and I, I put uh -huh. in the scored a touchdown, and we scored more points than them, and and God was with us today. And it's like great speech. I understand. I respect you. You you've spent forty you know forty hours a week every week your whole life playing football, but when somebody comes out and makes a speech like that, that's just super raw and super yeah. real. It's just like thank God somebody finally just said exactly what was on their yeah. mind, like in humble. Right, you're already talking about the next fight. Shit, I need to get off my black ass and go. <laughs> yeah, he's go like, do dude, I'm so out of shape. Yeah, 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 yeah. He literally said oh. verbatim what I just said. Right, and I'm just like, I was so taken back. I was like, <laughs> this guy is the guy. Like, yeah, this no, guy's man, there's great. Some, there, there's some great dudes out there in the sport. So for every jackass and and flamboyantly over the top, you know, yeah. asinine personality, you also have these really cool, just like super humble, awesome guys that are that are legit badasses but they also know that on any given day you know what i mean they could be on the on the wrong end of it and right. i think there you have to have that sense of, if you've done it long enough or if you've even come anywhere close to stepping into that world you understand that it's like hey man you win some you lose some and it, it is what it is but yeah. but i enjoy the sport you know I, i'm here to compete i'm here to you know, make a little cash and hopefully put on a show, right? And, and that guy's a showman. Well, know? and that's, you know, the name of your actual company and, and the name of the podcast, like that, that's it. Like those guys should be savage gentlemen. You know, yeah. and, mm. and, and his dad, um, I can't even pronounce his name, but not McGregor, but uh, Khabib, oh, Khabib's dad. Khabib's dad. I can't pronounce his name. I, I forget what it is, but, you know, his dad said it. He's, you know, the, the quote his dad said, yeah, he's in, he's, he's got an answer to me now when he gets back here and he can do whatever he wants. He can be an animal in the, in the, in the, in the cage or in the ring, mm -hmm. do whatever he wants, but you have to, when you come out of that ring, become a consummate professional. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to do even from the background of being in the military. It's hard to, it's hard Turn to it flip off that switch yeah. off when you're, you know, you've got, you know, tabs on your shoulder and you're a cool guy and you've gone to 19 different schools mm -hmm. and, and and you go to war and you train and when you're when you're not at war you're out at the range shooting guns and doing cool guy stuff and then having somebody go hey now you're gonna go do you've got a meeting at the embassy somewhere and you got to put on a suit and you got to change and switch gears you got to be able to do that and oh by the way don't you, you, you can't you, say the f word just no you, as you, head, you, you, I know you said it you know seventy eight thousand times over the past two days yeah but when you're here you're gonna be meeting with an ambassador. And their team in in a foreign country with their host nation personnel, you have you're you're now representing everybody from the president of the United States down to a guy working in a coal mine in mm -hmm. Virginia. Like you have to, you got to flip that switch. Yeah, and I think these guys need to do the same thing. That man, when you get out of the ring, you you can do whatever you want in your downtime and stuff. But when you come out of that ring and you're still on TV. There's a six-year-old kid at home that's looking up to you. That's looking up to you, watching this thing, and mm -hmm. he's been able to stay up this late at night because his dad let him, or mom let him to watch this yeah. fight. You got these guys got to shift gears and think that because there's there's a whole other dynamic. And anyway, I'll no, get I know, I, I, I agree. Soapbox, I mean, that's the well, and 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 here's the thing though: if you go back and you look at ninety-nine percent of Khabib's fights, well, not ninety-nine. Let's say twenty-six out of the twenty-seven, right? Every single time that dude gets out, he hugs his opponent, he bows, he yep. does, you know what I mean? He has nothing but respect for the guys, except for this instance when you had six months of just, you know, constant shit talking that, that, that probably went over the line. And, you know, and, and that's where, again, was it a mistake? Absolutely. Should he have done that? 
definitely not. But at the same time, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna vilify the guy. Is it? Is no, it, no, no. Is it bad for I, the sport? Yeah, probably. Probably wasn't great. But that's where I point back to, you know. The, the shit show that you were talking about and where we're kind of bleeding into that WWE side. Yeah, and you said the magic word for me right now in life. You know, the, I think the two most important things for, for me as a person at this point in my life, because let, let me make it real clear too to people that are listening to this. I have fucked up more stuff in my life than 10 other people will do in 10 <laughs> lifetimes. And I've gotten to a point in my life where the two most important things to me are authenticity and... Mm-hmm. And time. You can't, no amount of money or coolness or celebrity or fame can buy you authenticity Mm -hmm. or buy you time. And you start looking at that and it's like, man, you're, you're now blurring the lines of authenticity. Is that you? Right. Is this the sport? Is it the money? Are you now compromising who you are? Yeah. You just take that, you just take that lying down. Yeah. Right. It's 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 like, it's it's a tough call. So, you know, in the heat of the moment, Right. It's hard to say. It's easy to sit back and say, oh, man, as a fighter, I would never I understand that I'm a professional and that I have a job to do. And it's like, really, person, you know, everyday guy that's never been in the cage. You've never you've never gotten pissed off at somebody at your job and said or done something. And that's it. As a business owner, I still do all of our social media for all of our companies. Mm -hmm. And there's days because I you know me, I there's a fine line. I don't get along with a lot of people. Like, yeah. I, I, I have a way of thinking and what I believe in this world. is. I right. find that hard to believe you. You're no, like one I, of the I easiest mean, dudes to get along with. I, I get tuned up pretty quickly <laughs> okay. and, and, and I like being around people and stuff, but I, I am, I'm a difficult person to work with when it comes to a certain point. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like things done a specific way as my way always right. Even as the owner of the company. No, it's not. And, and I love it when my employees or our employees say, Hey, I, I, I love you, but I respectfully disagree with mm-hmm. you. But there's days where I have to, to, to pull that throttle back. Like I'll be doing social media and somebody will come on and say the dumbest shit. And I'm just my first response in my head. And I type this stuff out all the time uh-huh. and delete it. And I type it and delete it till <laughs> I get, till I get an answer that is still me. Right. But. I'm now putting myself in that person's shoes that they might be having a bad day. But my first reply wants to be, oh, man. hey, hey, shit heel, why don't you find about 10 feet of, of open space so you can do a somersault and pull your head out of your ass, get the fuck out of my store. <laughs> and I, excuse the language, but no, by that's, all means. that's my first, that's the first thing that I type. And right. Then, and then I'm like, okay, what would Candace oh, Maybe that's do? too like, much. Let me throw all this back a little bit. <laughs> what, would Cam, what would guys like Evan do, guys like Matt that are really good at you know, Matt Best, like guys that I've I've been around now for a couple years that are really good at, at engaging people. Yeah. And then I, you know, I type a couple responses or I'll write it down on a piece of paper and then I'll reply back with the most professional response I can get that is still me asserting that you are now, even though it's the internet, you've walked into my store. You can't walk into my store and poop on the floor. I'm going to either throw you right. out the door or the police are going to throw you out the door. Yeah. You can't walk into somebody's internet store. It's no different than a storefront. You have to look at it like that. You can't walk into somebody's store and just take a dump right t- there and- or trash their employees mm-hmm. or, and that leads into another segue. You and I talked about it yesterday. You know, we'll get every now and then we'll get one of these internet heroes that will hit us about. It's funny to me because some of our hats are made in Vietnam by an American company, mm-hmm. you know, Richardson hats. We use Richardson hats a lot and they're made. You know, most of our hats are made with the Richardsons that we use because people love them, Sure, but they're made in Vietnam. 
and people will beat me up about it. And there's two, there's two folds to that. And I'll use this hat as an example. One, the language that I got, because everybody that graduates the special forces qualification course and becomes a green beret has to take a language. Mm -hmm. The language I got was Northern dialect Vietnamese. Okay. And the reason that was, is for a couple reasons. If we ever have to do missions there, and when we, by the way, we continue to do missions there. We have a COI team out of out of Hawaii that continues to go back and try and find guys and in, in, in men and women that were killed in Vietnam and recover wow. their bodies and bring those back to the United States. They oh. actively do that 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. They work with the Vietnamese government in about 10 other countries, maybe more, maybe less countries, but... So we've got these relationships, but that was my language. And mm -hmm. I actually went to Vietnam and went to Northern Vietnam and practiced my language. I don't have a problem with people from Vietnam because my dad did. I will never move forward in right, life if we have right. that mentality, mm -hmm. you know, and, and again, without getting too far into politics, you know, most wars are fought by politics, fought by soldiers by the on guy, the ground, yeah. citizens that have mm -hmm. volunteered or been drafted but those wars are started and pushed by, and I'm not a pacifist by any means. I think war is necessary in certain cases and very necessary. I mm -hmm. think killing bad people is, is, is necessary, but you know, you're talking about, you know, a war that was fought by, fought by citizens, started by politicians 60 years ago. Even, even. And it started way, yeah. it started before that. I mean, yeah. when you really look at it, we had Intel people on the ground and stuff. 10 years before the actual start date of, of the Vietnam War. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the first combat casualty, you know, some of those guys were working for intelligence agencies that were, that were in the country. Yeah. But long story short, you know, it's hard for me to quantify, you know, and, and somebody will, maybe one out of 500 people or a thousand people that buy a hat from us will, will send me a message or make a comment on the, on the internet. And the guys that comment out openly are, and it's usually always guys. Yep. And it's usually somebody that's beating their chest and, <laughs> Well, you guys are, you know, you're an American company. You push America and a Buffalo and all this stuff, but your hat's made in Vietnam. Half of our stuff now is made <laughs> right here in America, right. 100%. But, you know, our hats, you know, I look at these folks and then I'll go look at their Instagram like, well, let's check this guy out. Yeah. And he's got a Harley Davidson uh -huh. and he's wearing Nike shoes and his workout pictures. But, but you just, you look at this person's lifestyle and everything except maybe the wooden coffee table in his house that was right. handcrafted mm -hmm. by somebody in Asheville, North Carolina, that's made in America. Everything else, everything is else is outsourced. Not all of it. Yeah. But look at a Harley Davidson, like mm -hmm. look at a Ford truck, look at a Chevy truck. None of them are made a hundred percent in America. Right. And the same guys are beating their chest about, Oh man, your hat is made. Well, it's owned by an American company. <laughs> All the shipping back and forth is done by an American shipping company. Right. I'm buying it from you as an American-owned person. The patches I make are made in America, and the hats and the patches are sent to Sheridan, Wyoming, mm -hmm. and I've got a team of women that are local ranch community folks from Sheridan that sit at actual sewing machines and sew every patch on every Bison Union and Black Rifle hat, every single embroidered yeah. hat. It's But you get beat up over that, and I'm like, very few people live in a cabin they built by hand in the woods <laughs> and their leather is all treated by themselves. Their food. And, and Every they, they, their entire lineage is a hundred percent directly from America. That's, you know what I mean? That's like the other every part of generation we, we of your family, we started is American made. And that, that's where I always ask people. I say, and I asked that question a little while ago before mm -hmm. we started. I, I always ask those people and I have one more question for you. 
where were your grandparents made? Right. And very few, unless unless you're a Native American, and even their even grandparents, great-grandparents, great-grandparents right. were not made right here in what you would see as the United States. Yeah. So you really got to start looking at things as, you know, as a new business and supporting these small businesses and go, man, could I stand up right now a hat company? And we're actually going to, we're start. we're, we're, we're in the process of starting our own hat company mm-hmm. to make our own hats right here in the United States, but they'll be built in America because there's certain parts of our hat that we just won't be able to get made in the United States. It's just not EPA regulations right. and, mm-hmm. We could make those hats, but the same guy that's bitching is going to go, screw you guys. I'm not paying $52 for a baseball cap. Right. Same guy. Yep. You know, yeah. same, and, and same guy. And it's like, hey, I, can, I, can, <laughs> I, I can't keep my lights on and pay my mortgage and pay my employees' mortgages and take care of this business and grow it and help donate money to charity. Right. If I'm selling you a hat that cost me twenty two dollars to buy or thirteen mm-hmm. to twenty, and you still want to get it at the same price, and you want to get it at the same price, yeah. it just that's it's, not how it works. It's it's interesting how how selective we can be as to where we draw that line. Yeah. On on you know what we're gonna spend our dollars on and where it comes from, right? And and you know for us at Savage Gentlemen, for it, as much as we can, same as you guys, we try to make everything in house, right? Yeah. But the simple fact is. We can't make every product that we want to carry here in in this building. No, you, and, you, you, you can't, you, and it's insane to think so. So, like our leather stuff, yeah, we make that ourselves, right? But we've got these bags that we're carrying that someone else makes. Now, those are made or, in America. Or the rivets on the bag. But or, where, right? How how, how far? The, how was the leather treated before you got it? Where, where does the thread where, come from? Or the chemicals that they mm-hmm. use to treat? Like again, I would yeah. There is nothing more in the world than me of all people that would like to see everything bought and sold in America be made right here. I think we do stu- too much stuff with the sure. military, with our government. Mm-hmm. We, I think we spend too much money in other countries that don't care about us and they just want a handout. Mm-hmm. They look at us as a cash cow. I would love for America to bring everybody back home for about 10 years, everybody, and let the rest of the world see how it works out. Like, yeah. Literally, like, oh, you yeah. want to complain Close about how we're every doing MNC stuff? bring every soldier, sailor, airman, marine, and, and and coast guard personnel back here. Bring every diplomat back. You know, if people want to go study abroad, that's fine. If you're a citizen, but bring everything related to the United States government back to the United States for ten years and focus on Lower Alabama, Louisiana, mm-hmm. Chicago, Baltimore. I could name fifty other regions or cities in the United States that if you drive through, most people will never drive would through. Would never dream of it. Because they're so fucked up and nasty mm-hmm. and 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 are just run down and people aren't treated right. Some of that's self-inflicted. I also believe on the other side, that kind of libertarian side of me is if you're able to get into first grade, into school and start that process, the world is your oyster. You can literally go to school every day, study hard, Unless you have a learning disability, mm-hmm. which you can still get help for. And even still, there's plenty of successful people that have overcome that. They, they have. And again, there's cases and people are probably listening to this and they're going to go, that's not true. There's people that grow into certain circumstances. Absolutely, there's people out there that are put into horrible circumstances and abused and mistreated mm-hmm. and, and not not taught properly and have poor teachers and people that don't mentor or grow them. Hands down. There's a – but – Let's bring some people back and put a lot more resources on that and actually fix the problems in this country that that 
that have been here for a long. They're not new problems. Are you? Are you? Are you running for office? No. Are you sure? Absolutely. Some, some, Absolutely. Because here's I'm, I'm here. running. I'm running from office. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're you're I'm way out. For, you're like, way out. Wait, right from civilization. Yeah, now. we just made the leap into to the woods in the middle of Montana. Thirty, you know, we're thirty miles from the nearest town, and then we're looking at property, a small piece. Everybody looks at our stuff online and goes, "Oh my God, you guys are making so much money." <laughs> Our little tiny 900 square foot cabin on mm-hmm. the property we have, I guarantee you most people that live in any city in the United States and have bought a house oh, have yeah. paid more for their house than our property in Wyoming in the mountains. And you know, the next goal was to buy a little bit more property even further up in the mountains and put a 500 square foot cabin on it oh, with a wood burning stove and an outhouse. Like literally, I'm going the other direction. Dude, that's living the dream like, right there. I, I, I literally but, am but going the other direction. You know, I bring that point up, though, about running for politics because I think that is something, you know, kind of bringing it back full circle where we where we started off with, with people being out of touch is we have these career politicians, right? And yeah. they're so far removed from the everyday citizen. You know, gone are the days where you have your, your Daniel Boons, right, that are like reluctant politicians that get pulled in because they're great leaders – and they're well respected. Evan Hafer. Yeah. I, I joke with Evan all the time. He said I would never run for politics. Evan Hafer should be the governor of Idaho someday. That's his state. It's where he's mm-hmm. from. But the perfect example of a person who wouldn't want to be in politics. That's who you need. But is so good with people mm-hmm. and more importantly has more common sense than 99% of the people in politics. Yeah. Like and I, I'm throwing Evan under the bus. It's probably because he's poisoned his glass or something. No, no, he's turned. <laughs> no, it's because he was because he was talking shit to me on uh, God, on classic. Instagram. Funny, funniest thing I've seen in a long time. <laughs> but you know what I mean, like somebody like that. Yeah, you know, Evan's a great business guy, but he's he's a much better people and problem mm-hmm. solving guy. Like, and I know ten guys like Evan that would probably never run for politics, but just as soon as they could start an eighty million dollar coffee company in three years. They could change a state. Imagine what they could they do could for a local government. They could change a state and a yeah. local government. Mm-hmm. And there's SF guys and, and SEALs and, and Marine recon. And I, I shouldn't just say special operations guys. There's there's men and women that are coming from the military that are also schooled and also have common sense and also have experience outside of the military that are getting into politics. And I think I think that's good. I think some of the best politicians this country has ever had are people who have the humility of having to serve in the military and start on day one at basic mm-hmm. training and be broken down and not belittled, but, you know, broken down and stripped of the identity they had to build them up as somebody who can fight and serve in war. And I think that's a super good quality for a politician to have to go through that. Cause there's the other side of politics that is silver spoon elitist, right? Never worked a hard day or had a blister on their hand. Everything's been given to them mm-hmm. or they've had opportunities that were just, laid out before and i'm not judging that because somewhere along the line in their family lineage somebody busted somebody busted their ass whether it was certainly in the henry ford age or you know in the 80s somebody in their family not like even take donald trump people beat him up because his dad was somewhere along donald trump's lineage somebody Mm -hmm. actually worked their ass off and, and you know would we you know let's hope that we're all so lucky that we get you know our kids our grandkids our great grandkids to a position where the world is delivered at their doorstep. Like that's not a bad thing no, necessarily, it's not. You can but provide that. yeah, I mean, that, that's amazing. That's what, that's why we're, we're working our asses off yeah. for that, for that goal. But you know, at the same time, I think you need to understand that, Hey man, I, I, we're laying the world on the silver platter for you, but 
on the same side, we're going to teach you how to work hard. We're yeah, going to, you want a we're going to take you're gonna, you out. Yeah. And that's, so I grew up in a house where it was pretty simple. My dad didn't make a ton of money, but he mm -hmm. made good money. And his deal was, if you want something for every dollar you put towards it, I'll put a dollar towards it. Yep. And I'm talking, this started at like seven, Little eight years guy. old. Uh -huh. He taught me how to ride our craft Sears craftsman tractor mm -hmm. and, and mow the, you know, we had four acres in, in South, you know, two hours South of Kansas city in farm country. And that's how it started. It was like, Hey, I'll pay you 50 bucks a month. You got to mow the yard once a week. And for me, the next part of that was the Bass Pro catalog that they had back in the day. Like this was the catalog where you literally mm -hmm. had to pick up the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't want to sound like I'm 100 years old, but you had to pick up the phone and call and order a tackle box or whatever. And my dad made it simple. I'll match you one to one. Yeah. Every dollar you put to what you want, you can spend your money on anything you want. I'll match you dollar to dollar, but that's you cool. have to earn that dollar. Yeah. And that's that's kind of the philosophy that you know, I really like that. I really like putting that forward. Not the super hard knocks. You want something, you got to buy it yourself. I think matching people, and, and we're trying to do that with our employees at Bison Union and as we move forward with this stuff is, man, we'll match you on stuff. That's like, cool. You want to be a part of this, you want to do that, we'll, you work harder, we'll match you. Like that, that to me, meeting people 50-50, uh -huh. and not just with money, with politics, like that 50-50 model yeah. of, man, let's meet in the middle. Mm -hmm. Democrats aren't all bad. Republicans aren't all bad. If you took the good from both parties, meet right in the middle and go, okay. you know. And I wish they would do that. Yeah, I we, think at some point they're going to have to. We will. I, I mean, I think we, we can't keep heading down the path that we're, that we're going to with the way the political landscape is. And, it's, of course, it's exacerbated by the media, obviously. That doesn't help things. But – you know, there was a time where you could disagree with someone on their ideology and still have a civil conversation and, and actually walk away with a little bit more perspective. And now it becomes this, you know, this, this screaming match, right, whether online or, or in person or whatever. And it's like no, no progress happens in that state. If I'm just going to tune you out because you're, you're on this side of the fence, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, you can't, you can't do like the, the – you can't just say Donald Trump's a wingnut idiot and not a smart guy. You don't become the president of the United States. You don't become a billionaire. You don't you do not do what he's done in life by being a total wingnut idiot. Right. Yeah, you Hillary, can't be a moron. You, you, can't, you can't call Hillary Clinton a criminal and say she's a horrible person because, you know, she's done some things that I probably don't agree with or you don't. Donald Trump's done things that – President Trump has done things that you and I don't agree with, but – you, it's not all or nothing. It's not black and white. Right. You, you can't. She's got some good qualities and is actually. Mm -hmm. I, I'm sure she has some brilliant service. ideas. You know, he's mm -hmm. he's done a lot for his companies and his employees. Like the amount of people that Donald Trump's employed and paid, and the taxes he's paid. I don't care. Re release your tax records or not, but the guy is, the guy has paid a lot of taxes. The Had to have. There's government. no way. Yeah. But they're not. You know, you can't fundamentally say, hey, oh, I don't agree with one thing, so I'm gonna write you off as a shithead yep. wingnut idiot Blanket statement, you're or the a worst. crazy criminal, mm -hmm. you know, wacko woman that, you know, has no business in politics. Maybe she doesn't, maybe he doesn't, but they've done some good things. And I think people are starting to get into this mode. And I think social media is part of that. Mm -hmm. People spend, you know, their angry time. You know, if you're angry and you get on social media, you're going to, you're going to push anger out there. Well, it's that it's that same thing that you were talking about where you start to type something, yeah. right? You know, and it and it can be the most savage, you know, lot, string of words that that the world has ever read. Yeah. But then the gentleman part kicks in, you're like, uh, "Am I am I helping anything no, this with is this statement? Is it going to help my business?" 
Hell no, it certainly isn't. Is it going to help champion my cause and help this person see my point of view yeah. and come around to my side and way of thinking? Probably not, you no. know? And so that's where you, you kind of have to temper that. And I get it, man. It's it's very easy to get spun up and fly off the handle, but it's, you know, do we, do we actually act on that? Because it's, you can't, you can't change your emotions, right? But what you can do is you can control them. You can well, and that, have a rational mind. That for you know? me, that, that process of writing things down and, yeah. you know, you've worked with me, you know, here for a couple years now. And I would have bad days in this building where you just get super frustrated mm-hmm. with when it, you know you're working around businesses and things are moving so fast and there's so much going on. I would get frustrated and, and have a tendency to air my grievances or my narrative without taking a deep breath. Yeah. And you know, again, Evan's a good guy at that. Matt's a good guy. Mm-hmm. You are. Jeff is. There's JT. There's ten other people in the building that. You know, we'll we'll take a deep breath. I'm, I'm not that guy. I don't know if I'll ever be, but now I've sure. gotten into this process for me because, again, I'm a strong back, weak mind. Like, I've gotten into this process of writing stuff down or typing it out and going, I'm going to send an email that's pretty, pretty hot. Yeah. Let me type this thing out and sit on it for a night and then check it tomorrow morning. And more often than not, Josh, now <laughs> that email gets edited. Yeah. Still my voice. Yep. Still my message, but the delivery is completely changed and i think that's super important people are people are with this instant gratification of the internet and social media and texting people have forgotten about delivery and being kind of eloquent and and being professional not just in business but life so well and it and, and, and again that goes back to there aren't real world consequences like you, you you're to the point now where you understand hey if i get in this other business person's face and give them a royal ass chewing this could go badly you know what I mean? Like they may be wrong, but the the long term implications. I could sever that that friendship, that relationship, yeah. and you realize that while you are vindicated in that moment, maybe that's not the the long game, the long play. But on the internet, you know what I mean? It's just like instantaneous. I feel this way. I send it out there, and that's on there forever with screenshots yeah. and all this other stuff. And, and we don't we don't have that maturity, it seems anymore, no, or this... that reserve to say, wait a minute, let's let's. Let's pull it back no, just and, a second. And this bravado, I think it's funny. One of the one of the memes that flew around last year and the year before that I saw a hundred people post. And if you post it, I'm not knocking you. I mean, I, I not a hundred. I probably saw ten thousand people post. It was, you know, this tough guy sitting at a kitchen table, and it says, "I'm not afraid to eat alone," or "I'm not afraid to be at the table alone." This oh, this whole machismo. Yeah. And when I yeah, first yeah. saw it, I'm thinking in my head, who took the photo? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like who took the photo? You sit at your table. Dude, some like, of that and I know stuff, it's a metaphor, but uh, man, like this, this whole, yeah, it's like not of, everyone has a seat at the table. Y- yeah. Not everyone earns a seat at the table and I'm not afraid. To I'm not afraid eat to eat alone, whatever it is. Yeah, like, man, who, who this, this like pseudo tough guy, you know, entrepreneur, badass. like, I don't need to sleep. I don't need to, you know, I can sleep when I'm dead and, and I don't need anyone to help me. I'm, I'm, I'll make my own way. Da, da, da. No. All that stuff. It's like, ugh, and come you know, on, man. For, for me, if Give I, me a break. people would laugh, if they saw how many times I call people like Evan, you know, or text people like, you know, Evan and in a couple, you know, a half dozen other guys, Tyler Gray, who's on the, the SEAL team show that was a, a ranger and worked in some other units. But people would, people would laugh when they saw how many times during a normal month I call those guys and like, I have no fucking clue what I'm doing. Like, yeah. Can you help me out? Or how did, how did you do this? How did you do that? And 
you know, that I'll be the first one to admit I'm not a business guy. I had a GED and, you know, I, I hated school. I couldn't sit. It was because I couldn't sit still. It wasn't because I was smart, not smart enough right. to pass the classes. You know, I obviously passed the ASVAB and went to 18 Delta, which is a hard MOS. Yeah, I mean, that's not, that's not an easy I take tests there. really well. And that was it. I'm not, again, I'm, I'm a crammer, so I'll cram the night before a huge exam and, and usually do pretty good on them. But I'm a horrible student in the sense that I hated sitting in school. I right. hated it. I hated eight hours of school. I hated the, hey, this is how you're supposed to dress. You, you know, Tommy's got the newer Jordans, so you got to buy the newer Jordans for the first day of school, like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I hated that whole aspect of school. But, you know, you get in nowadays when it comes to business, I have no problem going, hey, I'm not good at this. I'm not a math guy. I need help. Do you have an accountant or do you have somebody that can uh-huh. help me with my taxes for this business for my, and a lot of people are afraid to do that or, yeah. or admit that. Well, they, they don't want like to admit it because it, 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 it shatters this, this false image that they've created for themselves yeah. through social media that, Hey, I'm King shit. You know what I mean? I'm the baddest dude on the planet. I'm the smartest. I'm the most successful. You know, you need to be just like me. They build their brand. They build this image around becoming this, this demagogue of sorts. Yeah. And then you, you kind of back yourself into a corner. You really, you know, you really, really do. And that's why I try as hard as I can, you know, self self deprecation is, a, <laughs> is so much fun to me. I know. It, like it, it, yeah, it, it really is. And I know you're geared the same way. And I used to not be, I was super insecure and had to look good all the time uh-huh. and had to tell people, you know, I, a lot of people now, I don't ever mention my military service. I don't mention anything. I'll start the conversation with, well, how did you get these companies up and going? I say, you know, I had a GED and I just worked hard. You yeah. Know? I had friends that helped mm-hmm. me and, and, you know, just worked hard. Self-deprecation, self-deprecation is in humility. You want to me. say defecation, don't you? I, I know. I, you I keep trying to say jokes. self-deprecation. I feel, like I'm on, I feel like I'm the Drinking Bros <laughs> podcast and want to talk about poop. We don't talk about poop We don't here. talk about poop here. This is Savage Gentleman. <laughs> but you know what I mean, though? Like yeah. It's... it's you know, for me, and, and we made the shirt for Bison Union that's the Patrick Swayze quote. It's not Patrick Swayze's quote, but right. I thought you'd be bigger because I meet people all the time in airports. You know, they'll see, you know, they'll see me and they'll go, man, I, I, or they're wearing one of our hats or I'll meet somebody and they're like, it always comes out. I thought you'd be bigger. And I try and make it real clear, <laughs> man. Funny. I'm short, I'm fat, I'm balding. <laughs> like, man, I'm not, I was not the best guy on a special forces team on any given day. There was a few guys to the left of me that weren't as good at certain things as me. But there was always a whole lot more guys to the right that were better shooters. They were better at dose calc math for 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 IV drugs. They uh-huh. were better, you know, for medical stuff. They were they were better at doing you know breaching charge. Better at shooting. Better at everything. You know, I was not the worst, but I was not the best. And I think, man, there's a lot of people out there that want to look like the best. And it's yeah. like, no matter what you do, what your job is, it doesn't matter. You pick a skill somebody out there is better than you at it. And, Hands and down. Once you, yep. once you realize that, or on any given day, they might be better than you and you might be better than them. But mm-hmm. this whole, you'll never hear us say we have the best coffee. You'll never hear, and Evan doesn't say it either. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, Matt doesn't say it. Like you'll never hear, and Evan's starting to do the same thing. Like when I hear him talk, it's super impressive to me when he, he'll he'll tell people about his mistakes before, He'll talk about his successes mm-hmm. and that I think that's important as a business guy. And now I've I've now I've become a business guy. It's I don't have a choice. Right. I own businesses. I'm, yep. I've become a business guy. I've become the entrepreneur thing is more more appealing to me. Mm-hmm. Like I like you're the same way. Yeah. Like I like 
I like creating, branding, making things that people get in their hands, tangible items and go, God, this is awesome. This and speaks the to me. And the yeah. customer service was so great, but you know, that, that humility of going, man, I'm not the best at this. I'm, Bison Union's never going to be the best apparel, lifestyle, coffee, tea, whatever else we sell or make boots. We're never going to be the best at it, but at any one thing. But it's yeah. But it's but a, on a combined, you know what I mean. And and that's the beauty of it, right? Is is all these things combined to create this really awesome kick-ass brand that that to that particular person it will be the best. You know, yeah. that's that's the thing is you you have this very endearing quality about what you put together. Whereas like when people see it and you're that you're it, you're that customer, immediately you're like bam. That that is awesome, and I want to shout it from the rooftops. And I think you know everything that you're describing to me is is the mark of a successful person of recognizing, okay, I'm good at these areas. I'm not so good here. There's other guys that are better. I recognize that. I see that, and I pull them in, and I lean on those individuals. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like Abs- that. Absolutely. Every person that I've seen that has been successful has that capability, whether it's in politics, whether it's in business or in just in everyday life is you recognize, okay, man, these are my strengths. These are my weaknesses. How can I surround myself with the key people to, to balance that properly? Well, and that's, you know, again, for me, the perfect example is I meet a lot of guys that I either worked with or work with like, you know, tons of guys. And I always say guys, cause I work with more, you know, men than I do women as far as business owners but there's women out there that are geared the same way. And there's two types of people in business. You know, there's always going to be those CEOs and and leaders and executives and managers that they have to be the best. Mm -hmm. I'm completely different. If I could afford it right now to hire somebody at Bison Union that was better at running my company than me, but I still had control of my company and the branding and the mission, Mm -hmm. God, I would, I, I would love it. I would love to find somebody who's better at, designing bison union mm-hmm. t-shirts hats boots apparels belt buckles that's better than me yeah like i i would i welcome it please be better than me because <laughs> well because you care about you you want the best for this thing that that's is it. outside of you that's it and you right. have to want your employees to be better than you like you have to anybody that that has that ideology or that that ceo or that leader or manager or supervisor that has their thumb on people's head that mm-hmm. has to be the smartest person in the room I will never, Man, and you see cool. me say it all the time yeah. on social media, I will never be the smartest person in the room. And to be frankly, at my companies, I don't want to be the smartest no. person in the room. I want to hire the smartest person in the room, and I want them to come to work every day going, this is the best company I've ever worked for. Yeah. And it, that's that's it for me. That defines my business career, and I think – I think the world needs more of that right now. I, I agree, man. I think yeah. you know we, we get caught up in the – too caught up in the me – What's best for me? What's going to shed myself, you know, my image projected in the in the best light, right? And especially from a business standpoint, I don't think you're going to go very far with that in mind. I think if you have what you're talking about, you know, it's beyond it's beyond Burt Koontz, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's about my employees and and my customers and this tribe that I'm that I'm trying to to build and create. That's what it's about. You know, yeah. you're, you know, if you can see yourself as just a small, you know, fraction, a small part of that, and you're kind of facilitating this, I think that's, I, I think that's the way to go. I mean, you guys, you guys have all, already have, you know, quite a bit of success so far and, and you're steadily growing. I think for us here at Savage Gentlemen, 
you know, we're seeing a lot of the stuff that you guys and these other companies that we're surrounded by doing, and we want to emulate that to some extent. So this isn't, this thing isn't about, you know, Savage Gentleman isn't about Josh Tyler or Matt Winslow. It's about, like we were talking about yesterday, this collective yeah. of like-minded individuals. That's it. You know, where, where we're all trying to get better together. Tribe, collective, like when you start using these words, it's, it's much more appealing than business or company mm -hmm. or... I, you know, we're on the same page, and I, I think that's super, super, super important in this day and age. It's just, man, greed, greed it's is tough, man. Is, when 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 money starts to come ooh. into play, man, it it really starts to I'll, to, I'll, to taint things quite a bit. No, and I'll never forget it. My dad, I, I remember the day down to a T, and my dad said it to me. He said, "Bird, if you remember one thing in life, money doesn't give you values; it exposes them." And he couldn't have been more wow. right. Like you give somebody a million bucks or a million dollar company pretty quickly, you'll find out real fucking fast, excuse the language, how that person's values are. Money doesn't give you values. It exposes them. And yeah, that's, 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 that's all there that's is powerful. to it. Like, yeah. That, that's it. And my dad said a few things like that to me growing up that have always stuck with me. The other thing he said is pay attention and be nice to people on the elevators you're going up. Because they're the same people you're going to see on the way back down, and people forget that too. They what use, goes up, they use people uh -huh. and they use employees, and and it you know they continue to use employees and use people to grow their company and grow their personal, you know their personal stake in the company. Um, and sometimes it doesn't end well. Yeah, and they're going to see those same people on the way back down, or they're going to go work at other companies and see mm -hmm. those people. And my community is the same way. There's a few guys that I haven't gotten along with in the the special forces community big mistake like be nice to everybody because you never know you'll see those guys again at shot show you'll see them in business you'll see them everywhere and it's like man do i regret it no you know some of these people needed to hear what i had to say and vice versa right i had to hear what they had to say and i don't agree with them and we probably don't get along and if we had to go to war together i think we'd be just fine as teammates mm -hmm. but if we were out drinking beers together somebody's getting punched in the mouth like might be them might be me sure but you know that stuff Business is the same way. You're always going to – you're going to see people. Mm -hmm. You're going to see people at trade shows. You're going to see – your business partners are going to be business partners with them. Right. Like you just – Yeah, you don't know how that all is going to interplay, you right? Well, and, and the fact and the fact of the matter is it, it rarely benefits you to be an asshole. No, it like doesn't. There are very few circumstances Pro in life where Protecting it is your family, protecting your friends, protecting your personal belongings, You know, protecting your, your the safety of those people, your friends and your family. But outside of that – Man, being an asshole just to be an asshole. And I've trust me, I've spent a good portion of my life just being an asshole because I don't <laughs> like to be around people very much. Right. It doesn't pay off. Like yeah. keep it to yourself. Write it down before you there speak. You go. Like, yeah. Take a step back and just say, Hey, I'm gonna remove myself from the situation instead of running my suck and and voicing my And opinion. digging a hole potentially. Because it doesn't work, it turns people off. Yeah. You know, one person out of ten in the room might go Fuck yeah, that guy's gonna burn this mother. This, that guy's gonna burn this building down. Yes, the other nine people in the room are gonna go, and it's the same on a special forces team. You lose your temper like that and stuff. Nine out of ten people are gonna go. God, I don't want to work with that guy. Right. If he's like this now, what's he gonna be like in fourth quarter during Christmas mm -hmm. and Black Friday when we get a thousand orders a day and we only have two employees and you know we're working a hundred hours a week? Yeah, that's not the guy I want to be around or girl. Yeah, that's a man. That's that's a, that's a valid point, and and honestly, dude, I, I I'd love to continue to pick your brain because you got such a such a cool perspective going through 
you know, just just from what you've done in the past and now how you're applying that to to your business and to these, you know, other other ventures that you have going on. Uh, unfortunately, we are like way over time. Oh, that sorry. Is, no, no, no. It, it's fantastic. I had too much. I actually came in and they, I think they had calf or something. Oh, so you're, you're whatever it was. Up. I had two cups of the Black Rifle Magic up front. I don't know what it was. And I'm like, I'm normally like a one cup of coffee guy every like four hours. Uh -huh. I, I'm a morning guy. So yeah, no, no, no worries. Black, Black well, we'll have me. to. Black Rifle Coffee will get you. Um, Man, it's been an absolute pleasure. Like, yeah, always, like, Josh. Love, you guys. love seeing you coming into town. So let us know. We can have you on again. We can pick Anytime. up where we left off. Or I'm sure you'll have some more insight to share with us Absolutely. next time you come around. You're, you're genuinely one of the best human beings I've ever met, Josh. You always have time for everybody. Man, if you guys ever need anything from us, Bison Union and our team is 100% behind Savage Gentlemen. So thanks, thanks for brother. Me Appreciate on. it. And if people want to reach out to you, they can hit you up. They can, they can yeah, find just you. Yeah, Bison Union is our Insta. We do almost everything through Instagram. Bison Union and then Burt Kuntz, my personal one, B-E-R-T-K-U-N-T-Z. And man, we're pretty easy to reach. Like I'm, I'm on Instagram. If somebody ever wants anything or needs anything or has any questions, you can hit me up. A DM me on Instagram. Awesome. Very cool. Thanks, Thanks Josh. Absolutely. Appreciate Love it, you, buddy.